Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Consolidate. It's an app. It's a new service. It lets you take all your dating apps, Match, uh, Tender, Grinder, OkCupid, okay, OkCupid, okay, uh, FarmDate.com, JDate.com, SeaCaptainDate.com, uh, any any kind of dating apps you use. It puts them all under one roof, so you can have all your uh, CaptainProvocative.com. <laughs> provocativecaptaindate.com. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's the one that I belong to. Uh, <laughs> it puts them all under one roof and Mas- one app. Masterdate.com. So you can manage all of your romantic adventures from one app instead of having to deal with all these different things on your phone, chewing up all your all your data, chewing up all the space on your phone. Now you have pictures for for uh, more dick pics on your phone. You have, t- you have space for dick pics on your phone thanks to Consolidate, the new app. Look it up on the App Store. Hello, I'm Philippe Herndon from Caroline Guitar Company, and you are listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, and playing podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Steve. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? Uh, I am good. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you are good. <laughs> you have anything new going on? Um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little update on update? on uh, the Fendler. Oh, the good old Fendler app. I, it, it came in, huh? It came in. And um, did it not come in? Oh, I haven't talked. I haven't even talked about it since it came in. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think so. Excuse me. So it came in. It We've some, had kind of a crazy schedule lately. Took some damage in shipping. Uh oh. Um, the reverb is like this weird, short tank reverb. It's, it's like you guys can't see this, but I'm showing this to Ryan. Like it's probably the size of your your Zoom charger, which is a little bigger than an iPhone. Yeah, it's a little thicker than that. It's like basically, yeah. I think if you were to take an iPhone, f- uh. Six. It's probably size. about the same size as like a Galaxy or something like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> but like a bigger, a bigger like smartphone. Maybe double the thickness. Sure, That's the sure. size of the reverb tank. So it came loose because it was held on with that old style adhesive foam that they used oh, to okay. use like back in the day. Yeah. Well, they still uh, use it for stuff. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah, don't ever use it. it. Like it rots over time. Yeah, and it's just like you're never going to be able to clean it up. So it came loose. It's flopping around the inside of this box and shipping. Very well packaged. It was like $90 to ship. Damn. I only paid $50 to ship it. Score. Um, and it came loose. It d- completely like bent a bunch of tubes. Oh, uh, no. Like the, pr- the, the legs. Ugh. Whatever you call them. Were the tubes taken out in shipping? No. Okay. No, the tubes were all left in. It took one tube completely out, like just destroyed it. Like broken glass like and everything? Like broken glass oh, everywhere. No. In fact, as I was taking it out of the box, I could hear like the broken glass sloshing around. I was like, oh. Maybe the guy, when he found out it was going to be $90 to ship, he was like, hold on, let me do something. And he opened the box back up and he took out some rage on the amp. <laughs> um, well, I mean, the front of the amp definitely came in the condition that was sure. in the pictures. The back, I I honestly can't tell from the pictures, but I bought it as is, so I knew there was a chance that like this sure. thing would be in really rough shape. Uh, so one of the tubes, uh, one of the it's a preamp tube, completely obliterated, um, not obliterated enough that I couldn't pull it out. 
thankfully. Right. Uh, do you have to do like the uh, the potato trick? No, no, nothing like that. Okay. Um, the reverb. Re- Should I tell what the potato trick is for sure. people who are confused? Sure. Like if you have a broken light bulb and you can't get it out with like breaking, like cutting your fingers, like you just cut a potato in half and you stick it in there. Yeah. And twist um, it out with the potato. Just unplug your uh, your lamp first. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> so, so the. Uh, not that that so, would work. So that with a was tube. one thing. The tube was the tube was like destroyed. It's just one of the preamp tubes. Um, the reverb had like bounced around so much in there that the so with the reverb there's like the input and output. I'm not sure which direction is which. Right. Uh, but one end connects to a tube socket. The other end connects to like a little reverb transformer to to power it. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's what it's for. Um, the end that's connected to the transformer broke. I'm not sure how it goes back together. It looks like there's a loose line on the transformer. Uh huh. So minimally, I'm looking at replacing one tube, and if I want a working reverb, like r- taking that out. But usually, on most of these amps, if you have your reverb set at zero, like you can just right. ignore anything broken in the reverb section. Right, so I'm right. hoping, I'm kind of hoping that's the case as I as I move forward. The transformers are. The power transform and the output transform are both on the same side of the amp, making it extremely lopsided to carry. Like, you know, we're talking about, like, huge iron. Right. Um, I talked about it before that in the pictures it looks like there are four tubes. That's confirmed. This is uh, has Russian 6P3Cs, I think they're called, or 6... It's either 6P3C or 6N3C, Um Depending on how you read it, I believe it's piece three because of like it's a conversion of Russian alphabet to English alphabet, which is effectively like the Russian version of the 6L6 tube, which means with four of these in there, we are talking about, as I speculated, like twin reverb levels yeah. of power. Like yeah. a four by 6L6 amp, like you're usually talking about this is a beefy 80 amp. to 100 watts. Again, I don't know if any of the tubes are damaged. I, I just don't know. I've got some redesigned things already in mind for like eliminating the reverb bouncing around uh, in there, making the tubes a little more accessible. So I took it to church to plug it in. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's the other thing I need to figure out is it's got um, a two-prong plug on it, uh, which is not like the greatest thing. So I, I want to replace it with a three-prong cable at some you point. You can use a two-prong at church. I use my, I've been using my Classic 50 I there. Know. For who knows how long, and I just checked it like a few weeks back, and the ground was broken off. Like the look, ca- the cable was broken. Just off. because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right, right. Um, no, it definitely had noise with, issues, especially with the wiring that we have. Did you fix it? I did. Okay, I did. It was an easy fix. Okay, you just had to replace that. The plug it was in. already an aftermarket plug. I just had to open right. it up and and uh, tighten stuff. Right. Back down, no, so. in this case, like I, I'm gonna have to actually like yeah, get in there, get in there and replace the entire line. Which I've read tutorials on it before. I've done it on one. I've done it on a couple amps before, but it's been a really long time. What do you ground it to? You ground it to the case. Okay. Or no, you. I don't want to say you ground it to the case, but you. I think you can either ground it to transformer ground. Interesting. Or like something else on the chassis. I'm not 100 percent. Again, like. If you're listening to this right now and you're going like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you just gotta like do this thing. Like it's, it's a doable swap if you have exp- a minimal amount of experience. Don't just go do it, but look don't it just up. do it. Like yeah. don't be an idiot. Don't look. Don't do it on our casual conversation yeah. here. Go get some real. So information. I need to do that. I need to work around this reverb thing. 
I just wanted to plug it in to see if it would pass at all. I plug it into the big the PV, big PV cab, uh, the 1820. Uh-huh. I flip the switch. Nothing happens. No lights? No lights. Oh, man. Tubes don't heat up. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, man. Like, the whole thing's dead. Then I thought, huh. Broken tube. Guy wasn't sure if it was working in the first place. I opened up the fuse box. Oh, no. There's no fuse in it. Oh, great. I'm an idiot. Right. <laughs> yeah, you got to go down to uh, the auto part, part store and get a fuse. Yeah. So next step is I, I got to get that done. Again, I can really only test this amp at church because it's the only where, what place I have a cab yeah. that's really big enough to handle it. I guess I could throw it on the custom cab, which has a 30-watt speaker in it. But I just haven't wanted yeah. to, you know, I just haven't had the time to set that all up. I honestly, I don't even really want to set it up in my house. I, I just don't really. Oh yeah. Have that driving desire. Yeah. Um, maybe I could if I have some downtime with no kids, but right now I don't. Um, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to the whole bypass the reverb thing. I'm going to try to Velcro the reverb tank to the roof of the chassis. Interesting. To get out of the way because then I can remove the piece of metal that the reverb tank was mount was right. attached to, and I can replace the preamp tubes. Without taking the entire uh, bin apart, right? Because you got to take it. Is it really makes you work right, for it? Right. Right it? now, in order to replace any preamp tubes, I have to um, take the entire the. I have to take the chassis out of the cab, uh, right? The cabinetry. So that's that's what I'm looking at doing. Okay. That's those are some next steps I've outlined. Yeah. But who it knows? sounds like this thing's not going to be easy peasy. There's going to be a process to it, but I think it's going to be a fun adventure. And I'm well. I could do this these two those two things real quick and sure. get eighty percent of the way there, yeah. and then all I have to do is replace the power cable. Yeah. And if true. it's just like a big, gla- not- it could just be a big glassy tube amp, and I don't worry about reverb, and I just run bass through it. Hey man, if it's big and glassy, I might have to steal it from you. <laughs> have fun moving it around. I know, right? Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing this thing, though. I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I still haven't seen it in person. So uh, new with me, I mean, this is a week where we both have new stuff to talk about. Uh, so my wife and I have been searching for, like, a new church, which is interesting. And the, and the reason for it, and, you know, long story short, is the church we've been going to, which is the same church as you, it's half an hour away, which isn't a big deal. The problem is that the vast majority of people who go there right live an hour away like they're on the other side of the county like they're driving the other direction to get there and so we have a two-year-old and you know we're looking to you know network with local families and have hangouts well and it's also like you say half an hour away it's half an hour away on sunday morning right like tuesday at six it's an hour and a half away exactly because of traffic so it's just been kind of like we love the church but it's time to move on uh, and find something more local if we can. And we're kind of doing like this back and forth where the Sunday's where I play, mm-hmm. then I still come to church, and the Sundays I don't play, we go try a new church. Right. So the thing that's really interesting... I've noticed that on the Sundays when... No, never mind. I don't okay. want to get into it. So the thing that's interesting <laughs> about it is that I'm not just searching for a new church, which is a big part of it. Also, right. Also searching for a new band to join at a church, you know, like, because I don't want to not be in a worship team right anymore so like we'll go to a church and i'll be like oh yeah this place this place is all right we could get into this place but i just don't know if i can get into the band i don't know if i want to be <laughs> in that band <laughs> which well, is kind of kind of vain and kind of like shouldn't really be the heart of looking for a new church i know there's a lot of people who listen who are 
people of faith and there's people who are uh, not at all people of faith. But it's kind of, uh, you know, it's probably not the purest way to look for a new church. But then it's also like you, you do go to churches to fill needs in your life well and there definitely are people who are like and that's a way that oh, i serve i, I feel like i have this this thing that i do for service right right like if you love doing child care you're gonna look for a church that's got a good child care right. program yeah it, it's just it's been kind of interesting and my own personal uh dialogue on it has been has been a uh, kind of back and forth but i you know i've tried a couple places we've tried a couple places where i'm like yeah i think i could do this here and i've had friendly conversations with uh the worship leaders and stuff like that so it's a it's it's an interesting journey i don't tip i don't change churches on a whim like i'm kind of i well you i met you steve when i was kind of like floating floating i was young i was single Mm -hmm. i was like i'm just going where people are Right, so I can meet someone. We had to like drag you to our church. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Took a while. Uh, but before that, I'd been to like two or three churches across my lifetime and stayed for, you know, like six to seven years at a time at each one and been involved in ministries in each one and things like that. So it's not like I'm I'm flighty with churches. Like right. And this current the current church that we both serve at, I've been there all, like a decade now or something like that. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that because I know that there's Christians out there who are gearing up their, you know, like, oh, you must, you shouldn't be doing this or that, like speech. Like, there's all these different speeches out there that people give to each other, which are not necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, if you feel like leaving your church, just leave your church. Like, that's my advice. Uh, it's, it's not a big deal. But yeah, that's what I'm going through. That's my new thing. Let's just get into ads. I'm sick of t- talking about this. Sure. But I think, you know, it's, it's an important life thing. Yeah, and, and no. there's a, there's a musical element to it. Obviously, uh, playing at church is important to me, and, and kind of important to the podcast because that's how I vet out a lot of right. pedals and gear before I review well, it. Well, there's definitely like people who. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna miss playing with you, Steve. Like church, I'll say that. church aside, like there are people who will be like, well, if I move from like this part of town to that part of town, like, do I really want to drive across town to like even like a regular like say regular band like it's weird but like if they're in like a some kind of playing group right, regularly right. sure um you know there'll be that would be an influence on like whether or not to like change what apartment they're renting or whatever yeah, yeah. Or, you know bounce from one town to the next town over yeah you know okay if i move to the next town over like i'm closer to where i work but i'm further away from the guys that i enjoy hanging out oh with. totally totally yeah it all makes sense so just you know you involve religion in this stuff and it starts you know your, your train of thought goes different places. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's... I've talked to some people about it who are friends of ours, and I think it's the... I think it... Man, I'm like stumbling all of a sudden. Uh, all I of think, a sudden. Yeah, I'm, okay. <laughs> um, I think it's like the right... It could be the right move for your family. Right, right. Like I think and ultimately... It's a tough decision. What, I think will... that's ultimately like what's yeah. really driving it is I know... I. Basically, from what I've gathered, like, you're not necessarily driving this. Like, this is something that you and Lauren have, like, discussed a lot. It's a family thing. And it's a family thing. It's not just, like, right. oh, we're going to bail. I definitely don't It's have... not, we're going to bail because, like, we're too lazy to do this drive. It's we're going to bail because, like, we want to have... be more like, connected yeah, to our community. the community. And, like, we don't, you know, I say yeah. you don't want to drive, but like an hour and a half yeah. is like a crazy drive. But like if, if there were people currently at our church who were, you know, young families like us that 
right. our, our kid could hang out with their kids and it would be without like, without driving 45 minutes right right like if they were here in our town that would be like oh yeah we can just keep going here right so it's that sort of thing all right let's get into ads instead of doing uh, all this what's new stuff this has been our longest intro in a Is long it time really? now we're 15 minutes so far uh ads 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 here we go uh something new i'm doing I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I'm going to be grabbing uh, like screen grabs out of the group, like people just posting like their different topics and stuff and different questions instead of just doing straight ads. But, you know, I mm-hmm. think I think this is pretty interesting. It's fun. Uh, listener and longtime contributor to the group, Donovan Ford, posted his uh, Randall amp. It's a Randall, right? Uh, yeah, it says Randall. That's what the badge says. He said, you ever do something to simulta- simultaneously make yourself laugh and make other people mad? And he posts this picture of an amp, and it's a great big head, and it says, it has a Randall badge on it. But then you look down to the control cavity, and it says, Custom High Watt 100. What? I know, right? So it's just, I think it's just hilarious because Randall's, they don't really have a super great reputation, right? Like, they're kind of... Well, I think it depends on what you want. They have, a, I would say, they have a very specific reputation. But then high watts have also a specific reputation, but they're kind of more like sought after, right? Right. Well, I mean, there's probably more people out there who are classic rock fans than there are people who are, you know, metal like high gain metal fans. Right. Right. Are Randall? Okay, you need to educate me on Randalls because I'm just going to oh sound gosh. stupid. What are you thinking of Randall? I remember seeing ads for them and them just being like great big solid state amps. A lot of Randalls are. In fact, most Randalls are. But the thing is, is like what they do specifically. Um, and offhand, I can't say like which ones are. They do do some tube amps, I believe. Yeah. Didn't but, they Didn't they have like a like a Kiss sponsorship going or something like that? I'm not sure. Um, Randall has the, um, I think Carrie King had an amp through Randall. Right. Um, the biggest, like, recent Randall uh, signature model was the Ola England Satan. That's from Randall. Right, right, the Satan. Uh, yeah. So they kind of, like, Randall has a, I would say Randall has, like, a pretty solid, like, high-gain metal okay. reputation. But, in but like, they're kind of just known for, like, that. And because a lot of them, like the RG80, are solid-state amps, uh, it's like you're either going, like, full-on high-gain, like, ultra-compressed, you know, whatever, or you're doing like these super chimey cleans. Right, right. Like it's not like again, like when I hear high watt, I think um, of the Who. Right yeah, the yeah. Bat. Like you think that classic kind of rock. You think uh, you know, kind of more vintagey, kind of you know, throaty growl sort of stuff. Right. So yeah, he he did this just to be a little bit of a troll, but I think it's hilarious. It's got me. Wishing I could do something similar in my life with my gear, but I have no idea what I would do yet. And you know what kind of bums me about this as I started to talk about it is that I'm remembering that the most recent episode of 60 Cycle Slum, the uh, 60 Cycle Hum fan podcast already talked about this on their most recent talked about episode. about this, this uh, picture? Yeah. Come well, on, I'm man. saying most recent episode, which actually... We're recording this episode is recorded like two weeks ago, so <laughs> we're already pretty we're far behind the uh 
the podcast that was made as a fan podcast of us. So when they finally get around to covering this episode, they'll be covering us talking about them. Talking about an ad they did. Yeah. I don't... Sure. It's too, you lost It's me. too meta. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm kind of wishing I hadn't talked about this now. Let's talk about this Vibermate ad. It was posted by Albert Mills the fourth. Mm-hmm. I can't read my uh, Albert chicken Mills scratch of his middle name. Uh, he posted this on the group. He shared Vibermate's photo. It is a Vibermate for... Uh, your Fender offset style design. So for like your Jaguar or Jazzmaster, mm-hmm. you know, anything that has a uh, an offset style tremolo on it or tremolo or tremola, however you prefer me to pronounce it. Um, and it converts that trim cavity into being a Bigsby mount. So you can put a Bigsby, say on your Jazzmaster or on any other guitar that has a, a Jazzmaster style tremolo on it uh, to have a Bigsby on it, which is a common kind of variation on the offset is for people to put Bigsby's on them. Right. So what are your thoughts on this? How do you feel about it? Uh, I'm kind of looking at the pictures right now. That's interesting. Um, I don't know. You know, it's actually really interesting when we had um, the, we got, when we got in touch with Jonathan and we got the TMG, uh-huh. Uh, offset from him a lot of people were like oh you got to offset it and it's got a Bigsby on it like you should only have right right the it doesn't tickle the fancy of purists yeah as far as like my take like I guess that's a cool conversion I understand why it's in a color where at least the one in the picture is like trying to color match right that's my only criticism of this is that it's it's Unless I look it up and you can see that you can get it in any color, which I super, super doubt. You think they're all white? If there's one that's metallic, I think that would be ideal if you want to hit the internet real quick. But if they're all white, that's a bummer. Right. Because I don't think they're going to be all white. Because if uh, you have a red one and you don't have... I guess maybe they made it white because a lot of offset pit guards are white, but then a lot of offset pit guards aren't. No, I think that's... I, I mean, I don't know. I just took it from the picture that it's white because that is what the color of the guitar. The color of the guitar is. If you can match it to the color of your guitar, which I kind of super doubt because some colors you just can't match, um, then that's cool. But I think if there's a metallic option that would match, like kind of the nickel look or aluminum look of a Bigsby, then that would be ideal. But other than that, I think it's kind of brilliant. I think it's smart. I really like what Vibermate does. I've got a Vibermate on one of my guitars, and I think it's great. It means that you don't have to drill holes. You don't have to make uh, non-repairable changes to your guitar to try a Bigsby on your guitar and swap a Bigsby around to other guitars. And this is obviously a thing that some people like on their offsets is to have a Bigsby versus the uh, obvious, you know, not obviously, but in my personal opinion, the uh the fender offset tremolo can be difficult to dial in and problematic in ways but yeah you know, i know the purists are gonna be like oh you have to just do this and it's fine it's like, not everyone wants to do that and big speeds they just work they just kind of work they're not always the feel or you know what you might want but they just kind of work you know so the colors are polished stainless steel okay that's what i want white powder coat black powder coat or 24k gold plating 
Interesting. So basically it's white, black, or hardware so matching. So that, that'll, you know, the white will match a white pit guard. So you at least have continuity throughout kind of your look. And well, the, black the picture will, given, it's not even matching the pit guard. It's matching the pickups. There you the go. Pickup it, covers. You can match, you know, some of the plastic hardware on your, on your offset. But honestly, if I was going to get one, I would totally go for the brushed metallic. Like that just makes sense to me. Right. Like you're going to be able to use it across guitars and it's going to look fine every time as long as you have, you know, a silver metallic uh, thing on it. But I think, I think Vibramate did a good thing. I think that's smart. What do you think? Um, no, I think it's a good move. I think people will go for it because there are a lot of people who, for one reason or another, don't want the offset trim. I, I've actually always heard that they're like one of the better trim designs. I have, I've never used one. I had a CIJ uh jaguar and i got it dialed in and i liked the way it felt but i just never super bonded with it and i understand why people would love them but then it is it does you do have to dial it in like you it's a little tricky where a bigsby you just throw it on there and it's going to work about the same every time you get a short spring if you like or you get a long spring if you like that's the two options you know right so I can I completely understand someone who'd want a Bigsby instead. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying, and I think this is smart for that. And you know, maybe because this exists, you know, uh, builders like TMG or you know similar builders won't uh, skip putting the standard route in there, and right. they'll just put this as an option. Oh, you want a Bigsby? We use a Vibramate, and then you can convert it later if you want. Mm-hmm. You know. So that that would be interesting. Do we want to move on to the next ad? Let's hit this last ad. Last ad. Fender American Stratocaster and 100 watt amplifier, seven hundred dollars, eight pounds even. Special color edition, surf green with Texas Special staggered pull pickups, vintage style bridge and tremolo, white black white pick guard, five way switch. Excuse me. Uh, large seventies headstock, like new, no marks to wear at all. Beautiful neck with the C shape. Skunk stripe maple plays very nice. Would trade for an American Telecaster or seven hundred dollars cash. Also available is a Fender two x twelve hundred watt amplifier with foot switch casters, gain and reverb for one hundred and fifty bucks. I believe it's like an FM two twelve. Uh huh. Um, I don't remember. Uh, has a Fender heavy duty gig bag for transport. You can buy both the guitar and amp for eight hundred dollars. The guitar sells new for twelve ninety nine plus tax at the usual places. This is a great deal on a great guitar. If it does not sell by Sunday evening, the ad will be removed. This is really cheap for a 2013 American Stratocaster with zero modifications. There was a whole thing yeah, what on happened this to the rest? Um, where this guy just rants. I guess he took it down. Did I completely miss that part? I think you must have completely missed that one. He must have taken it down because I thought I screen grabbed this same day. Um, there was a guy, this ad it. had a bunch of things about like, this is a great deal. If you can't afford it, then maybe you should get a job. Blah, 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 blah. How did I miss that? I have no idea. It, you probably saw it, and then a few, few, he must have changed it within a few hours. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, My whole thing with this is this is a Fender American Special Factory Special Run Edition. Uh-huh. Um, these aren't... I don't think these are. I think these are a thousand dollars new, from what I remember. Right, he's, he's not putting MSRP. Thirteen ninety nine. No, thirteen ninety nine is the American standard. Okay. In a standard finish, I believe. 
Um, so I just, the way the original one was written, actually the offender American Sanders Stratocaster is 1249. Um, the way the original was written was just like such an aggressive take on like, I'm giving you a great deal. And if you can't, if you, yeah. you know, if you the original can't copy take it. Was so aggressive. Yeah. Like there's all this stuff about get a job, you know, stop smoking weed. Yeah. And that turn your life around. And then finally you can afford this guitar. Like it was so out there that I'm bummed that I didn't get a screen grab of that. Yeah. Sweetwater has a Fender American standard um, strat for $12.99. So I think that's the one that he's referring referring to when he names off that price it's just stupid to me when i mean we've covered this before stupid to me when people like if this doesn't sell then i'm just gonna keep it i liked the one where the guy was like if this doesn't sell i'm gonna light it on fire oh yeah that was a couple weeks ago the guy was like i'm gonna destroy it if if it doesn't sell which is what i'm 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 into that that sounds great i've actually been thinking because we did that video of you breaking that neck Mm -hmm. a while back uh I've been thinking about putting together a flyer and anytime there's a guitar locally that just haunts the Craigslist and never disappears and it's like some kind of really beater, like junky sort of thing right. that's listed for $60 and never sells, we'll send them this flyer over email and be like, this is our guitar retirement program. <laughs> we'll give you $20 and then we're going to make an entertaining video of it being destroyed. Oh my gosh. And some people will be insulted and some people will take us up. Like there's that one up there right now that's up every day that's like half like burned and melted. I don't think I've seen it. It's red and it's all burned up. I've you know what I think we've talked about it on the show before, but yeah. I haven't actually come across it on Craigslist. And then isn't there another one that's like oh that 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 uh Les Paul copy with the German carve. Oh yeah. That thing is up every single day for eighty bucks. Yeah. I'd, that would be a good candidate. I'd pay that guy 20 bucks to destroy it. Really? And find some kind of creative way. I Part of me wants to keep it's it and play it. pretty. But then that's not part of the program. The program is that we destroy these things in fun ways. Yeah, that's true. We retire them. Uh, you know, we give them their Viking burial mm-hmm. or Viking funeral, whatever you call it, which would be fun too. Viking like, funeral. Yeah. You light them on fire. You light them on fire and push them into the lake. Yep. You know? uh, so should we just wrap up ads i feel like this has been a little lackluster yeah in the ads now let's uh let's tackle this topic what do you well, say before we hit this topic we've missed this last week oh yeah we have a, a guy who upgraded from the five dollar level up to the ten dollar level yep. of uh, podcast support uh so welcome carlos mancha to the inner circle yeah absolutely uh he's not even really active on the group is he he i think he like just joined just, facebook recently we just got him in there um I don't know how long he's been on Facebook, but I don't think he's been using it a ton. I I kind of had to like use some tricks to yeah to get him in. Um, and then he went to join the group and uh, yeah. Anyway, so, so I, th- I think he's in now, as far as I know. Yeah. Do we have a Do we have a shirt for him? You know what? He We're already has a low. shirt because he got a shirt at oh, the five dollar right. level. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because he's already been pledging five dollars. I think that's you know it means so much to us when you guys can pledge and i don't want to run a big advertisement here right now but it it really means a lot and, and this guy, yet you will this guy isn't even wasn't even really part of our online group which is a huge part of our our culture yeah, lately we, i think he's a listener but he's been a listener and been pledging money to us and now he's upping his pledge and we're just you know really kind of humbled and thankful 
for all of you who support us in a uh, monetary sort of way because it funds a lot of stuff. And one of the things it funds is stickers. We have stickers now. So yep. those should be going out hopefully relatively soon. Some of them might already be out, right, They might Steve? be. Yes, you, that's you true. You might have already shipped some, Steve. It's possible that I have already mailed them out. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> hopefully they'll be going out soon. This will be. It should be a lot easier to ship than uh, shirts, right? Yeah, Because sort you just of. throw them in an envelope, right? Yeah, but then I got to write addresses on the envelopes. Just get stickers, the sticker labels. For each individual person. Yeah, then you I got to type them all up. You print a sheet. With each person. You can get the templates. Like if you go to. Yeah, I know. Go to, you know you're go right. You're right. The people who, who send you the sheet, they'll have templates online. And yeah, just, I can go to Office Depot and buy a, a ream of yeah whatever. and It's easy. It's true. And, and then and you can at least handle all our uh, all the inner circle that way right. and do them all at once. I handle uh, off. I do office. I drive by Office Depot twice a day. Yeah, so you, it's not that hard, Steve. Expect stickers soon if you haven't gotten them already. Inner circle. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's tackle this topic. All right. We got this topic from Aaron Abubo. He wrote in and he says, "Hey guys, I have a relatively ser- serious idea for a topic. Talk about practice." How much? How often? Uh, do you do it with individuals, with a band? What do you do? What tools do you use? Are you still learning and improving? What is your talent ceiling? And how close to reaching it are you? I actually like this topic because I feel shameful when I read it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I think most people probably feel that way. The way they probably feel shame when they go to the dentist and they, right. they know no one flosses enough. No one brushes enough. Even if you do it three times a day, the dentist is going to tell you to improve. Like, Oh, just, that's why you feel bad? I've had a chipped tooth since November. There's that too. You have all these issues. Eventually, it's going to turn into a root canal. <sighs> Great. That sounds awful. That's why I need this podcast to take off for, to pay for my root canal. <laughs> Steve needs that dental money. All right. I don't think you're ever going to get it out of the podcast unless a dentist wants to sponsor us. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I Try to practice from time to time, and it's really, it's really funny. Like with guitar, for things where I'm improvising more, I always think like, oh, I can practice less. And sometimes it's true, and sometimes it's not. Uh-huh. You have to practice at improvising. You can't just do right, it. Right, right. But I'm saying like, I feel like, I feel like, I, a lot of times I can look at the music that we're going to be doing, or if I'm familiar with the music that we're doing, and kind of just go for it right i mean it kind of depends um oh this could have been something new to talk about i'm working on a um a christmas ep right now with uh with some people i know oh wow uh playing bass cool i didn't know that um the first week so you're practicing for that the first week of rehearsal the night before our first rehearsal um i spent like maybe a solid hour like listening to the mp3s with the charts in front of me Again, I've mentioned it before. The one of the things I love about that Eastwood bass is because it's semi-hollow. Like, yeah, I can practice along and really like feel like I get a good feel for it. Uh-huh. First rehearsal, like I f- was like ready to go, like just busting it out. A week later, <laughs> like I didn't practice at all for right, the week. Right. I went there t- when I went to go uh, work, like to have another rehearsal. Rusty. We're only doing two rehearsals and then we're recording. Yeah. Oh man, Super I was making, rusty. Like, I felt so bad. Yeah, they're like looking at me like, "What happened? <laughs> like you were really solid last week. Like, 
Bummer. Do we need to replace you with a like a just a <laughs> what's the what's the, uh, can we replace you with a with a Digitech Trio? <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's really funny like how something like that can be yeah like a big driver, um, especially when this case like I'm referencing MP3, so the parts are already laid out. I don't I don't really have. Like maybe when we record, I might be like, "Hey guys, let me just do like one wild take." Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, like I'm trying to nail something that's been already scored. Right. Totally. And the people that I'm working with, uh, it's just a completely foreign environment of music for me because the the people I'm working with are actually, um, well, at least two or three of the people I'm working with are like very highly educated in music. Right. Like they're one. So you're of, a little out of your depth. One of them. Um, I believe has like conducted like the, like has conducted it like the San Diego ballet, I think Sheesh. like that kind of level where you don't do that without at least having a master's. Yeah. No kidding. Some kind of education. Right. Um, so they're talking about like, Oh, they're talking to like each other about like, Oh yeah, I want some more of this there. And like, Oh, this and that and whatever. And I'm just like trying to figure out, I'm like, I don't remember what any of these words mean because they're very like music. Specific yeah. Terms. Yeah. Um, so, so that was like really interesting. And that was a thing where like, like I said, like I was so ready to go the first time. And then this time I was like, man, super bummer. And then I don't record my parts, um, for two weeks after that rehearsal. So I need to like make sure I practice on my own Uh to really nail my parts down so that when I'm doing four songs, so when I go in to do those, like I can do them all in like one or two takes. Right. Or, Are you going to use the Eastwood to record? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, you got you got a lot of practicing you got to do, Steve. Yeah. You got to you can't uh, drop the ball again. And when I pra- I don't I don't do you practice when you practice do you practice techniques do you practice songs it, like I mean getting into to how I practice. It really depends on what I'm about to do. Like, right. if I'm getting ready for a Dinosaur Ghost show, then I run through the songs. Right. Or if I know that there's a song that I've been having trouble with, and I just work on that song, and I just run through it through its length mm-hmm. a handful of times. Uh, I've been starting to practice for doing demo videos, mm-hmm. which is something that I was hurting in. Right. Like other people say, and I'm sure people comment and say, "Oh, Ryan, you." play great this and that like you're playing on the demos i you know it's one of those things where you know where your deficiencies are sure and i know what i could be doing instead of what i am doing well i think also like in the case of the demos and this is like this was a whole thing we we contracted out basically yeah the base demo i probably could have come in I wouldn't have done anywhere near right. as good of a job as he did. You would, well, you would have played like you. I and would you have played have, like me. You have a very kind of specific and unique style. I think I could have put together something. Uh-huh. But from talking to you, like it sounded like you basically turned the camera on, yeah. let the guy play for like 10 minutes, there and was then very little you left. ended it. There was very little left on the cutting room floor. Right. Where when I record myself, it's like the, doing the little stinker demo. Yeah. Uh. I was more efficient than I was doing the airline demo and it still took me two days. And that's, and I mean, that's kind of where, you know, being well-practiced in specific techniques comes in because then you can just come in and again, like you throw together a demo, like the little stinker, the airline, it's like 10, 12 minutes of playing with 
you know, 45 minutes cut out of it. Like 45 minutes oh, or man. whatever. I wish, like, it, I wish it was 45 minutes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it was a lot. It And it's, it. a lot of that doesn't even come down to practice. It just comes down to, I didn't like that take. I'm on camera. I didn't like the way I was standing. Sure. I didn't like the way I transitioned into this. Like, it's like you become very picky about yourself when you're recording yourself and it starts to cripple you a little bit. So I've just, I've been working on practicing. N- and what I've been doing is I'm, I'm getting back to like my roots of what I did mm. when I learned a guitar. Like I'm not diving into scales or any kind of new theory or anything like that. I'm just going back and I'm relearning songs that I used to like to play. I'm learning new songs that I'd like to learn to play. Mm-hmm. I, I paid for the, uh, the app to get, uh, get uh, tabs on my phone from those tab sites. Right. Um, so I did that so I can kind of like pull up parts while I'm sitting around playing instead of having to sit in front of my computer, things like that. And I'm just making more of a conscious effort to get back to doing things other than just noodling. Yeah. Because that's, that's where I've been for years now. And part of it is because when I'm writing songs, it's just for dinosaur ghosts and it's very specific and I know what I'm trying to accomplish. And I don't need to sound like anybody else. And then when I'm playing at church, I mean, not to dog on church because there are people who play all the parts and do all the styles and get all the sounds and, and really try to nail it. But when I play at church, I'm like, what key is it in? Is it major or is it minor? Mm-hmm. Um, let me hear the first, you know, couple bars of the song and then i'm there i know what to do with this song like it's well you know what you think you want to do with this i know what i think i want to (laughs) no i know what i know what i want to do with this song i know that's not what other people would prefer sometimes i'm sure i'm sure there's people in the audience like oh why didn't he play this part no there's people in the audience just never mind and there's people on the stage who are like i wish he would play this part like you know every time they're like oh do you know the intro to this and there's some sort of specific intro and like i don't know that intro but i'll come up with my own i don't think anyone is saying i wish he would play this part I think they're more just saying, why did he play that part? <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I, take, I, I take a very improvisational uh, uh, you know, position on I, I Sunday think, morning worship. I, and I think I've said this before. I don't know if I've said this on the show. I think Here it comes. where practice would benefit you the most is... Well, practice would benefit me the most. I'll say this first. Sure, sure. So, you know, it's like you say something mean about yourself so you can say something mean about someone else. <laughs> Where practice would benefit me the most is that I'm just like it. One, there are all, I'm probably not comfortable in enough keys. Okay. Because I don't play, I don't play my pattern very well. Interesting. Like I don't. So you really think about your actual notes. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I play pat. There are certain things that I play that are definitely like pattern based. But I'm not like I. I've never been comfortable thinking like, oh, this song's an A. Oh, I'll just play the G major pentatonic and move it up two frets. Like my, I just I'm not that comfortable. Right. So like getting super comfortable with like box patterns and and pentatonics and whatever would be something that really I should be practicing. Yeah. All the time. I've reached a point in my life where it's hard for me to practice because family, just and family and work. everything. And yeah. so I'm now I look back and go like, well, maybe I shouldn't have spent so much time doing PlayStation. <laughs> um, so that's where practice I think would benefit me a lot. I know where I want to go sound wise. Most of the time, like I can dial in the sounds I want really fast. Yeah. 
and I usually don't do anything like too crazy with that. Um, where I think practice would benefit you more uh-huh. is I think you have a tendency to just try to shoehorn the latest, greatest effect that you've got. <laughs> well, I'm, do- so, so I'm, do- I'm doing that because I'm trying to get comfortable with these pedals before I demo Right, them. right. So sometimes... <laughs> That's the, true. The, perfect, That's the totally example true. that always sticks out for me Are is... Are you talking about the Nightwire? Is sometimes the Nightwire <laughs> sounds really cool. <laughs> And so in turn, I think what happens is is you have an you have an idea in your head where, where you want to go, right, right. But it doesn't actually fit where the entire band is going yeah, because yeah. you're kind of doing your own thing. So, yeah, which, yeah. Which is actually different from I've gotten away. I've gotten away from using the envelope filter sounds on it at church. I think you've gotten away. I think you've in some ways you've you've become a better player. Okay. But in some ways, you've reverted back to where you were ten years ago. Sure. Where I'm just fumbling. Where ten years ago you played your own stuff and everyone just was like, okay, Ryan's just gonna play his own stuff. And then you transitioned into like being part of the band. Uh-huh. And now sometimes it feels like, oh, there's Ryan playing <laughs> his own stuff. <laughs> so everyone's going like super like we'll get you know, this is like very like you said, like it's it's for the most part it's simple, like four chord. Yeah. Four chords for the verse, maybe like a minor variation on the on the chorus kind yeah. of thing. But then like everybody's like ramping up this big dynamic part and you're over there going like some yeah, like yeah. noodly thing where we're all going like, dude, this is the part where you crank the fuzz and you go to town, but yeah, yeah. you're over there doing some noodly piano thing yeah, I've been con- on guitar. Yeah, I, I need to dial that all. You're in. fired, and especially if I'm want to be shopping around for new worship bands to be in. I need to, tighten, yeah, Ryan. I need to tighten it up. <laughs> it's you know, it is what it is. Unfortunately, I just don't have like a. We're so I'm so busy lately, and I'm sure you're no, busy yeah, it's too. True. It's like, it's, you know, it's you, really hard. Like back in the day when I learned a guitar, I had nothing but time for practice. I practiced sure. hours a day. I've been waiting for that rant since May thirtieth. Oh, did you give me that rant? Episode 122. R- really? <laughs> you had it all planned out, Steve? Why didn't you no, just say it? No, I didn't it? build into it, but this was, this was an opportunity. Why didn't you say it? Is that when I got the Nightwire? I no. can't remember. No, that was the what What would first year you think about current you oh, episode. Oh, okay. I see. Anyway. No, um, I, I totally agree with you, though. I, 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 it's and, and for what's worth, this isn't just my observation. Oh, sure. Like, I've, I'm sure other, other people, people said, have been like... What's up with Ryan? What's up? Why why doesn't he just like play like, chords sometimes? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Anyway. So I, I think that these are like the only really the only reason I bring that up is because we're talking about practice. Of course. You know, and so the way that you know the way that you get better is listening to the songs. I used to that's one thing I used to do all the time. Why didn't you tell me back in May, Steve? No, Come I on. Because because I, <laughs> I could have practiced. Because in the episode, I just let it slide. No, you could have told me as up. a friend. Well, that's true. Uh, um, I so, admire you saving for the show. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Um, <laughs> one thing I used to do a lot of is is and I could I could do it now. Actually, now that my computer is like in another room, uh-huh. uh, where I could disappear for like an hour if I wanted to and be away from everyone. Um, that sounds nice. Excuse me. Well, I mean, you s- sort of have that. I sort of. You could like your computer's in another room, right? It's just a me- it's um just a measure of like, can you escape? I can't escape, Steve. right? So, 
so like, no escape I, for me anymore. When I was doing these, the practicing for these bass sessions, like I was doing it at like 1030 at night. Right, right. So um, the thing is like, I, I know back in the day, like when I would practice, like I would, you know, headphones in, listening to a song, looking at the music or like just trying to play along from ear or whatever that way. Um, and that's something I feel like I've really gotten away from where now if I pick up a guitar, I'm, it's like I'm practicing finger exercises, but they have no direction. Right. I'm just playing a bunch of chords and they're the same like four or six or like, you know, whatever chord number of chord pattern that I've been playing for a long time. Yeah. And, and I always tell myself like, oh, I should find a really good book. And I know years ago, like the book to get was fretboard logic. I don't know what it is now. Maybe there isn't anything now. Um, it's all on the internet now. Maybe it's Rocksmith. It's an oh, app. I know it's a lot a, of guys. It's an app. You get an app. Right. Now, Steve. Well, I know a lot of guys who love Rocksmith. Sure. Uh, are you familiar with Rocksmith? It's, isn't that the game? It's the game. Yeah. But it's like you hook, you use a real guitar. Yeah. It converts like your. I don't know. We how talked it works, about that but, really early on. I wish. Yeah. I kind of wish I'd still gotten one, but it's like I don't even have my Xbox plugged in anymore. Oh so, really? Yeah. Do you have any of your consoles plugged in? No, oh, nothing. Okay. So you got a smart TV now, huh? I've got a Roku. Oh, oh, it won't. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so there are definitely things like that. Um, Aaron asked about tools. Rocksmith is one that I know a lot of guys use. Some guys think it's kind of goofy, but I've definitely seen as far I mean, as anything that can help you tighten up and introduce you to new concepts right. is, is great. As far as users go, like people have actually used it and not just been like, oh, that looks dumb. Uh-huh. I've people who have actually tried it for like a week or two. I feel like I've seen far more positive response than negative response to Rocksmith. Honestly, books, man. Like, I mean, that's the way we did it. That's the way we learned guitar for decades. Any way you can you can achieve this stuff is is fine. But yeah, if you have a book, it's like if you get Rocksmith, you might get a lot of really good use out out of it, and it might break down some barriers for you. But let's be honest, 10 years from now, you're probably not going to be using that thing. Right. You get a book, uh, you'll go through it, you'll put it on your shelf. Your grandkids. Yeah. There's will, there's will a lot of stuff. It'll be like, you know, like my mom's old Mel Bay book that I learned right. out of. I learned out of it in the 90s. She bought it in the 70s, you know. Right. There so. are a lot of tutorials on YouTube. I can't think of anything specific. I know there's a lot of like the guitar podcast world is break, basically broken into like three segments. Mm-hmm. You've got. Well, I, I would I'd say like maybe a couple. There's like yeah. maybe four segments. There's us and there's, everybody else. There's us. Um, <laughs> there, there's like so I would say there's like us and guitar nerds, right? Who are kind of like the, um, the gear talk guy, like the gear conversations. Sure, sure. They um, talk about just straight gear. Yeah, you've got uh, tone mob as, as consumers and as from a retail perspective. Right. You've got tone mob, ruffian show. Amps and axes. Uh-huh. Um, the guitar wank is a new one that I actually I just learned about. Well, they're interesting because they're they're not f- an interview format. They're not. Oh, but I mean, like they're kind of. I guess so. Maybe they're in the third the third category. Right. Um, no guitar is safe is another one that they're kind of right. like these interview shows. Right, right. Um, then you've got uh, what I think Six String Bliss kind of was. Right. A guitar wank where these it's these guys kind of sharing stories. Is yeah, it, and they're that- t- kind of talking about more just general guitar culture. Right. And there is some talking about gear, but it's more about personal experiences of of the uh, the the hosts. Right. I guess chasing tone is kind of like in a unique 
chasing, category. Uh, chasing tone is under the category of, uh, I can't think of any others that fit it, but you know, oh, Lutherist. Lutherist, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, oh, here's a builder talking about product. Right. You know. And then, unfortunately, I can't name any shows in this category, but I know they exist. Like, there are shows that just will do half an hour, an hour of technique every week. Yeah, there are shows out there like that, and I never listen to them, which is why I suck. Uh, maybe I should listen to some technique shows, but yeah. I know there's, you know, you look at iTunes and there's like, you know, acoustic guitar made easy or something like that. You know, like right. there's like lesson podcasts. So, you know what? Let's throw that out there. If you've got suggestions for, for a like, lesson podcast, for lesson podcasts, send us uh send yeah. us your suggestions 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com there's a crap and we'll throw them together of youtube videos out there too absolutely like youtube is well a that's gr- a whole other category yeah. i'm just talking podcast yeah youtube is a great source for education even if you're just watching someone playing something so many of the like aha moments of me learning playing guitar Right. involved me standing in a guitar shop watching someone else play yeah while they were like demoing something, I was like, "That's how you play." That oh, sort I always of riff. just feel bad <laughs> for myself. Well, that has nothing to do with guitar. That's just like bass level. <laughs> no, my bass level. Well, no, I've, <laughs> bass been, I've been heard my bass. I've Here been. I was told last time I played that my bass levels were too high. Right, right. Uh, no, but just watching other people play. You know, I, watching. You know. Going and watching a concert and playing attention attention to the person playing can yeah. be a lesson. Watching, you know, someone playing in a in a uh, in a recording on your Netflix or something like that. Yeah, like a, like a recorded concert can be something. Yeah, and I'm it, always bummed out whenever I watch like a music documentary at like eleven o'clock at night because my family's gone to bed and I can finally watch those things <laughs> that they think are boring. Um, I watch this thing at eleven o'clock at night. It's done by midnight. And then I sit in bed and I'm like, I just want to play guitar right now. And everyone's asleep and I can't do it. And I hate the sound of playing through headphones. <laughs> so that's that's always my struggle. Right. Um, Aaron, he says, are you still learning and improving? I would say I'm not improving because I'm not learning. That's, that's a good point. Um, I'm still learning. I'm not learning as fast as I used to. And I can I think I can say that as far as... I'm not going to call it technique because technique is partly a mental thing and knowing what you're doing. But as far as physical competence goes, Mm -hmm. uh, my abilities have been waning. Like I could just shred like no business when I was a teenager. Do you think that's just because you don't do it as much? I think it's just my body's getting older and I'm not not doing it as much because I'm playing actual music instead of just i'm playing actual music with the church and with dinosaur ghosts that's more or at least should be more along the lines of like play right specific set of notes you're playing more you're playing you're playing more genre specific so when you when you do practice you practice more genre specific and i'm also i follow melody lines a lot more now where it was when I was a teenager, I just spent all day, like hours a day, honestly, like just laying down a track on a looper and just ripping over it, like working through every single note right. in the scale all the way up and down the neck and hitting pinch harmonics every single time in every single place and doing all kinds of the double hand tapping and all that. And I've really lost a lot of that technique. And then when I, I know it's, you know, it probably sounded goofy and weird when I was a teenager. And if I listened to recordings of me back then, I'd be embarrassed. 
but then I know that my physical confidence is not where it used to be. And if I try to do that stuff now, it's like, I just sound like I'm faking it. Have you ever heard the saying, the older I am, the older I get, so the older I get, the greater I was. Right. Yeah, you used to print that on no fear shirts. Oh, really? Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> As, you know, in a way it's true, but I could definitely tell you that my understanding of music and music theory and how to make songs that people want to hear is way, 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 way better than it was when I was a teenager. I just can't, you know, like hit every note up and down the neck in two bars and tap all along the way. Do you think that you like, do you think you hit the talent ceiling already? Do you think there's aside from like, it's, it's tough to say right now because the past couple two years have been so tough as far as time that I haven't had time to even really write songs mm-hmm. or like explore new stuff just because I've been so busy and I had a, a, a kid and, you know, all kinds of other stuff going on, kind of career changes. Uh, I'm hoping like in the near-ish future to be able to get back into exploring and writing and uh, doing that kind of stuff again. And that's really when I, when I grow as a musician is when I'm writing songs. Right. Um, so maybe that's another thing to mention is like part of practicing should be writing. If that, you know, if that's your goal anyways, if you want to yeah. get be- I would better, say like at least, wanna, write, at least writing parts. Exactly. If not, you, I don't write songs. Writing, I do write parts. Writing anything, any part of a song, like practicing writing Practicing putting together notes in a way that is pleasing to your ears and to an audience's ears, that's a big thing. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's important because, you know, anyone can sit down and learn all the scales and learn how to get their hands faster and learn how to do that three note bend and right. things like that or learn a new technique. But writing something new is something it, I, I, I think this kind of presented in culture in uh, pop music culture that you know someone was walking around one day and suddenly the song just came to them and that's certain, right that certainly does happen but I think the vast majority of songs out there happen because the person practiced really hard at writing songs I, they didn't they didn't write a, a hit song on a whim they wrote you know, 2000 duds. Right. And then they knew when one was really good. You I know? saw a, uh, I mean, and some people will say like, well, of course the music is this or that or whatever. Sure. Sure. Uh, I was listening to the radio the other day and, uh, Ryan Tedder, who's a front man for the band one Republic. He's written some songs with right. like different pop artists as well. Like he's a songwriter and a front man for like, I'm pretty sure a multi-platinum band. Uh huh. Like I know they've had a ton of hits, and somebody called into the show he was on and said, like, well, like, you've been writing all these songs for all these different people. Like, can you talk about that? Pro- like, is that, have you just reached a point where it's just like, it just flows? Like, you just write down ideas or whatever, which is kind of like a naive way to think about songwriting. But I think that's kind of the public I mean, perception sometimes, sometimes. sometimes it does happen, but I, it's the exception. Not well, the and, that's, and that's what he was saying is like, he was saying that, like, he named one or two songs that he wrote where he's like, yeah, I wrote that song in four hours. Like it was done in right, four hours right. from start to finish. It just came out. And then he talked about some other song that was like one of their big hits. And he was saying like that song, like it took me six months to write the bridge and the bridge is one line. Yeah. Just sung one line over and over. 
and it took me six months to figure out what it was. Right, right. So yeah, so sometimes like it's not always immediately obvious. You know. Um, do you feel like? Do you feel like there are certain things that are that like hold you back as a player that you maybe have control of, but you don't be I haven't overcome them because I haven't practiced sort of thing? Maybe. Or you just haven't overcome them because you you have a mental block. Let me give you an example. Sure. So I would say that this was this is like a opposing example for both of us. Okay. One of the things for me that's limited my growth as a guitar player is that I, this is going to sound weird when I first say it, I started playing guitar on acoustic. Right. So I learned all the chords. I, rhythm actually came really easily to me where I felt comfortable like playing songs in front of people after like six, eight months because I felt like my rhythm and my chord changes were good enough to do that. Over time, I like pigeonholed myself into the well, I just play rhythm, like I just play the chords and maybe I play like variations on the chords that are a little more like leady because I'm playing like ska. Right, right, like, right. Oh, you're in this rock band, but like I can, if I invert, if I invert the strum on like ska style, then I'm just playing the high notes on a down strum. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of leady, but it's not really leady. And so looking back, I think one of the things that held me back from becoming a more well-rounded guitarist is that I was always just like, oh, well, I'll just play the rhythm. Like, right, I'll just do right. That. Yeah, and this I is know, opposite for me. And I know when we first met, like the reverse was true for you where it's like you were, like you said, you were just shredding all over yeah, the place. Yeah. But then your rhythm was like, because I, and largely because yeah. you played by yourself a lot, Yeah, like your rhythm was just all over. Yeah, I still struggle with rhythm. I'm sure anyone would tell you. Um and it's, I just don't think in rhythm. And if there's like a, you know, a more complicated time signature, I just don't think in that. I only, right. I really only think in four, four or three, well, four. Well, not even like, I'm not even thinking time signatures, but, but it's in like, terms of. Yeah. As far as competence, as far as rhythm playing, I'm not super competent as a rhythm player at all. Like, well, and it's just, I think that comes from, it comes from a diff- couple different things realistically it comes from my goals when i was learning to play guitar when right. i picked up guitar i just wanted to play really lead centric stuff i wanted to play mm-hmm. melody lines i wanted to play leads and riffs and stuff like that i didn't want to strum i wanted to play the single note runs mm-hmm. and so that's what i taught myself and i didn't lay down a good foundation of rhythm right and that was it's either lack of foresight or it's you know what's made me what i am and you know, maybe if I had forced myself to be disciplined when I was learning to play guitar, then I would have thought, oh, this is boring and I don't want to do this anymore. Sure. Uh, and then the more abstract take on that that I have is that I'm a left-handed person who plays, in air quotes, right-handed guitar. Mm-hmm. I use my left hand to fret, so I use my dominant hand to fret, which is more dexterous for me. Right. And so I think physically I'm more inclined to play leads too, right. but that's more theoretical. Um, so yeah, I definitely have that deficit in my playing is that I lack rhythm well, ability. What got me thinking about it is just the, I maybe like the idea to throw out to listeners. Yeah, I, can, I that, can hold down. I can, if, if I, if I sit there and really like kind of focus, I can, I can hold down a rhythm part. Now. Right. Right. Um, it just, a, one of the things I guess I wanted to throw out there is like, recognizing that I don't want to say like, Oh, 
everybody can be the next sure you know satriani well, or you know you michelangelo to, Badio or you whatever you have to take natural talent into account right like there's there's stuff beyond practice and there's plenty of people who they are very successful musicians and it's only because they worked hard and the, they fought against their lack of natural talent right no absolutely um but i do i would just i brought that up just to say that i think whether we recognize it or not a lot of times we hold we hold ourselves back as musicians because we think about we think about ourselves as being genre specific or we sure. think about ourselves as being Absolutely. like style specific or or you know whatever specific i mean i'm sure there's like a ton of guys who can who can like nail all the riffs in you know every Stevie Ray Vaughan song but if you threw like I don't know something else right right in front of them they'd be like I don't like I only play the blues right right well they only play SRV blues right yeah. right so you know and that's not to say like you can't that it's like other one style is better than another or anything it's sure, just that sure. I think if you are if you work it focus on playing like a style of music then eventually, like, there's a good chance you can get there. Yeah. Like, I think if I sat down... Oh, totally. I think if I sat down for six months and for, like, an hour a day, I played, like, Metallica's Black Album, I think after six months, I could probably play oh, most sure. of the parts on it. Anything is... anything but, is. But right now, if you said, like, dude, play this song, here's the chart, yeah. I'd be like, I don't understand any of this. Like, and, I can't yeah. do any of this. Anything is learnable if you sit down and work at it. Uh, you know, an example from my life is we had an old worship leader who, who pulled a song out for us to play for, I think mother's day or something like that. And the original version of the song was in a country style. And he was like, Oh, we don't have to play it in a country style. We'll play it in our own style. And I was like, no, if we're going to do this, I'm going to learn some country riffs. And so, Oh, I, okay. I know and so I, I, you know, I purposed in my heart and in my mind to sit down and learn some country riffs. And I watched a bunch of videos and I got a bunch of tab and I looked up some songs mm-hmm. and I learned some classic, like, like cliche in air quotes. Cause I'm not calling them bad. I'm just saying that they're kind of standard. Yeah. Kind of country riffs. Like the standard, like how to, you know, yeah. they were, they were telecaster. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, you know, the stereotypical like country telecaster riffs. Bendy, fake, a lap steel kind of sound. Right. Uh, and I did it as a joke, but then I, you know, I spent an evening working on this, and now those those riffs are just in my tool bag now. Yeah, like I haven't forgotten them; they're just there. So it's like, I, you know, I, I challenge people just like, you definitely get outside your comfort zone, pl- learn to play some stuff that is outside of your genre. Yep, and that's a great way to practice. That's a great way to discover new stuff, and you might use it in a way that has nothing to do with that genre that you might hate. Uh, but you might use it in a way that's creative to the genres that you do like. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of back and forth and borrowing in between genres. So it's not a big deal. We're at, we're over an hour now. So you always announce the time. Well, I got to tell you, I don't need to know what time you it is. You just want me to tell you, you that, segue. that we should wrap it up. Yeah, you could do that. All right. Steve's mad at me now. <laughs> I've only been trying to fix this problem for 132 episodes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank our sponsor, Consolidate. Yep. If you are a bisexual Jewish seafarer, yeah. 
Um, Consolidate is the app for you. You can get all your dating apps in one place now. No more wandering around having to have 15 different apps on your phone. You can combine uh, your grinder with your eHarmony finally. Yes. Um, I don't. Yeah. No. Or you okay. can you can combine you can combine grinder with uh, Christian Mingle. Much better. How about that? All right. So go um, check them out. Uh, uh, consolidate on uh, the Apple App Store yeah. or consolidate.ws. Yeah. All right. This song was sent to us by Jacob Charbono. He is in a band called Oklahoma. They are in the city of Minneapolis. Uh, we've played their stuff before, and I was just as confused then. He says, uh, here's a tune called Yeah, Yeah, Hmm, from our EP, All Us Bad Folk. They are wrapping up production on their full-length album soon. And he says, at that point, they're just going to bombard us with songs we're until get, we play the entire EP. We're going to get all these songs. Wouldn't that be great if we just played yeah. an entire album and then no one would need to buy the album? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, if you are, uh, if you have a band, if you like to record yourself, whatever, you want to send it to us, shoot it in MP3 or other format, basically any format but Windows Media uh, Player files. Yeah, as long as, yeah, I think MP3 is the safest because yeah. you don't have to think about that. Most things will export MP3 for yeah, you. Yeah, if not, iTunes might convert it to M4A, which is also fine. Right. Um, send it to 60cyclehomecast at gmail.com. I hope you guys enjoy this song and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Like me 